Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Football players on a football field. It's something we did not see a year ago at this time. Day one of OTAs is in the books. We've got a complete recap, or as complete as can be possible, given the limited viewing. But what we did see should be encouraging to everyone, even more so what we heard after. First, though, how about we welcome ourselves back? It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 427, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So this is strangely familiar. For the first time since March 11th, 2020, almost 15 months ago, MJ, we are back in studio here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center doing Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We've been seeing each other through our computer screens. It is nice to see you in person in the same room. Yeah, and we're getting close to being back at the facility 100%. Uh, they've done a really good job when it comes to vaccination and, um, you know, there's social distancing. Um, we don't have to wear masks, so that's good. Making progress, but let's not bury the lead. It was nice to see players. Yes, they didn't have shoulder pads or shells on, no helmets. It's it's basically, you know, they want to make sure guys are lining up, but it was, it was really encouraging to be out there. It was hot, um, but it was nice to see some new faces and, you know, obviously some players that were on the roster the last couple of years. Yeah, not only are you and I back, but the players are back. Day one of OTAs, organized team activities. It is voluntary, but I'll say this. It was darn near perfect attendance out there in the upper 80s. Now, it's a 91-man roster, Bird Gang. Remember that. Yes, 90, but the 91st guy, the Cardinals have a roster exemption for tight end Bernhard Sykovitz, so keep that in mind. But it was close to a full capacity. In fact, head coach Cliff Kingsbury called a majority of the team was in attendance, so that was very good to see. But before we get into that, and they were on the field for about an hour and we were able to watch the first 20 minutes, I'm going to say this, and I might be saying this a lot, MJ, just because, well, you've got Buda Baker wearing number three, Byron Murphy wearing number seven, Chase Edmonds wearing number two, it is going to take some time to get used to seeing these players at running back, at safety, at linebacker. Isaiah Simmons announced that he is now going to be wearing number 9. He wore number 48 last season. It's just very odd. These positions that you typically see a certain number set, and now all of a sudden your eyes get thrown off because a number 2 is in the backfield. Well, number 2, that's that's usually a kicker or a punter, and now it's your starting running back, Chase Edmonds. And James Connors wearing number six, and he looks tall out there. You know, we we knew that he had good size, but when you you know, again, they don't have their pads on, their helmets or anything like that. But uh, he really stood out just from a size standpoint. You know, we'll we'll get into some of the particulars. I I really like that running back room. You know, Chase has been behind David Johnson. He's behind Kenyon Drake, and the organization feels like he can carry the load. And then you look at some of the other guys. I mean, you look at James Conner, who could be a short yardage situation. I know they're intrigued with Jonathan Ward, Eno Benjamin. So, you know, it's 
you know, you look at James Conner, he's the elder statesman in the room, but I think Chase has earned the right to be the starter going into the season. And that was something that Kingsbury was asked as far as divvying up reps at running back, and that's something that I think will play out over time. But as far as the players that we did see on the field, and yes, Kyler Murray was in attendance. DeAndre Hopkins was in attendance. And I think for a lot of fans out there, MJ, those were the two big unknowns, if you will. We've talked several times during the course of the offseason about Kyler Murray and how quiet he's been. Not a big deal to me, although if you are going to be public, yes, we want to see you in action. Murray was at the Suns game on Tuesday night, which is good because it's always good to see your starting quarterback out and about. But I do think... Yes, it's voluntary, but I do think a statement was made having number one. Literally, he wears number one, but the number one player on this team, Kyler Murray, in attendance. Yeah, and Cliff's going to get asked, that, like, the, hey, he has the last couple of years. Do you have any issue with him working out in Texas? I mean, he's got his own personal trainer. He, he works hard. Nobody's ever questioning the work ethic. Um, but also, at the same time, I mean, you, you look at, at Kyler, and you know they're looking for a big jump in year number three, but... I was I was confident because he has been working out in Texas, and you know to see him on the jumbotron on TV last night. Cliff said he was at the game. Obviously, JJ Watt. So I felt comfortable with those guys. But it was nice to see Jordan Phillips out there. You know, some other guys that you know missed some time last year. And you know, you look at that defensive line group. So, um, you know, I guess people want to know who didn't show up. Um, but according to Kingsbury, they had an agreement, and the three guys were AJ Green. Jordan Hicks and Chandler Jones. So those are the only three that we noticed. Uh, at this point, I don't think a lot of guys are rehabbing because hopefully they're healthy from last year. Jordan Phillips probably is going to have to, you know, knock off some of the rust. But he was with his position group, and I really like that group. And it was like J.J. Watt was, um, you know, carrying the conversation. Then you get Brinson Buckner in there, and then you get the two young tackles. So I, I like that group, and now we'll just have to wait and see you know, what the rotation is going to look like. As far as Green, Hicks, and Jones are concerned, Kingsbury said, quote, everybody was here that we anticipated being here. And then he added a little bit later on, no concerns there when specifically asked about those three players. Now we have seen Murray work out with Green in Dallas. At least that's what we've seen via Murray and Green's Instagram page. We know what's going on with Jordan Hicks. The reports are that he has been allowed to seek a trade, whether there's a spot here on the roster for him come the regular season because of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Who knows? I've made my feelings very clear on that. I would love to see Jordan Hicks in attendance, not just this offseason, but throughout the entire regular season. We'll have to wait and see what happens when minicamp arrives, because that is mandatory. And then with Chandler Jones, he is rehabbing still a biceps injury. He has been in the facility. We've seen that. He welcomed J.J. Watt to town inside the weight room. So yes, are there things going on that we don't know about? Perhaps are they elsewhere? Who knows? But I do think that one, it's Better to talk about those players that were here as opposed to who weren't here. And to your point about some of the injured players, Jordan Phillips, remember, a hamstring injury really cut his season in half. And I was paying attention to see if he was going to be out there. Also, Robert Alford on the field. 
two seasons we have not seen him in action and I think those two players specifically yes it's day one it's very early but considering how much is expected specifically about those two players having them here on day one and doing some work I mean it's at half speed you mentioned it the pads aren't on but it is something and something is better than nothing which every team had nothing a year ago. Oh, it was night and day, and Kingsbury touched on that, how they'll, they'll be much more equipped uh, when they go to training camp versus just being at virtual meetings. Now, I want to go back to Jordan Hicks. I think out of respect for Jordan Hicks, you know, he's been a veteran guy. He's been a team captain. He's played a ton of snaps, and you don't want to see him taking second, third uh, reps. So, And plus, you don't want anybody to get hurt. So I, out of respect for Jordan Hicks, I think, you know, whether he was going to show up or not or they have an agreement – um, so I just and then again, Devontre Campbell's still out there, and the Cardinals, you know, obviously they're they they're at ninety one right now with an exemption for um, the tight end, um, but for the most part, I I still think Campbell can come in here and help these guys. I really do. And that is a position worth keeping an eye on the inside linebacker position, tight end position as well. Something Kingsbury was asked about, saying that they're still evaluating that spot, and perhaps a player or two gets added later on this offseason. The other player to keep an eye on is Dennis Gardeck. He was out on the field. An ACL injury cut his season short after a tremendous season as far as showing what he could do from a defensive standpoint. He was standing around watching. I didn't notice anything on his knee, but just the fact that he was out there watching, I do think speaks volumes. I'm not anticipating, MJ, that he's going to be available week one. I don't even know if in the month of September, maybe October, November, it just depends on how quickly that rehab process goes and how comfortable he is going out on the field. But certain players, when you end the season on IR, you kind of forget about, and I know Alford is one of those players, but we still get a lot of questions about him because if he is healthy, I know it's a big if, but if he is healthy, you've got Malcolm Butler on one side, Robert Alford on the other, and Byron Murphy in the slot. That's one, two, and three, and I'll go to bat every single time with those three players for 18 games. Well, excuse me, 17 games. 18 weeks. There you go. But I still think they have to address the corner position. I mean, there, there's a couple quality players out there now. Um, it doesn't affect your uh, compensatory formula. Um, I, 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 you know, I was watching um, Marcus Wilson today and Tay Gowan. I like their size. I really do. They, they stood out to me. And just again, they're in shorts. And as Drew Grigson pointed out on the Big Red Rage, until these guys put the pads on, you know, we got to say, you know, we got to pull back a little bit, you know, versus Sikkim. So I'm interested to see how the process, but I, I still think you got to address that corner position. And Butler wearing 21. We've heard about it. We've talked about it, but now we got to see it. Yes, it's a practice uniform, not a game uniform, but it is, once again, seeing guys in single digits, it's going to be odd. Seeing number 21 out on the field and it not being Patrick Peterson is going to be very odd. I would agree, and he, he looks like he's a little bit more um... – Patrick obviously had great athleticism, and he relied on a lot of that. And he, I thought Patrick was really smart when it came to you know knowing what the receivers were going to do. Now, the first eight years, nobody was complaining. In the last couple of years, he lost a little bit there. Uh, but Malcolm Butler's to me, he's going to be a guy now. Again, you're going to have to have over-the-top safety help on some of those deep balls. But he's a guy that's going to be really good at press coverage at the line of scrimmage. I like his size. I like his lower torso. He's also a guy that's going to come up and, and support the run game. And, you know, Patrick, obviously, you know, that wasn't his forte, even though he tried to stick his nose in there. And we know Byron Murphy, 
at least what I was told, that he was the best corner last year on the roster. And that, I think, speaks volumes just because I don't think he's really had... Last season was his first season in which he could play one position, and I think we saw that improvement from Week 1 to Week 17, that last game, and that is something that I think this team really needs to have because we talk about the depth, but one, if you can stay healthy, and then two, if you've got the talent, then certainly you can use you know, three, four, five corners as opposed to if guys are getting hurt, then all of a sudden you have to sign guys off the street. Nothing against a Drake Kirkpatrick or a Jonathan Joseph, but those guys weren't in the plans this time a year ago. Unfortunately, they had to be come training camp in the early part of the season because of injuries. Health is a big part of every team's success, and I would like to see this Arizona Cardinals team in 2021 stay healthy just to see what they might be able to do week in and week out. Yeah, you know, there's one thing we can't predict is when injuries are going to happen, so you got to have depth, and I, I think, you know, right now uh, maybe you can roll out four corners, maybe you can roll out four wide receivers. I think they're three deep. At least they're running back. Um, they're probably too deep. They want to add another tight end at some point. So I think offensively they could play tomorrow if they had to. I do think that would be correct. I don't know how well it would be or how clean it would be. But, yeah, you've got players and you do have some backups at every key position to where you feel comfortable right now. My point was if they had a play you like where they are because defense, they've added some new uh, faces. And and another thing, you know, the, the fact that DeAndre Hopkins was here today and he was having a nice conversation, looks like with his new wide receivers coach, Sean Jefferson, during the open portion, is that when, you know, you get these guys to come out there. And I like the fact that, you know, Hop and Kingsbury admitted for the first time this uh, to us today, maybe I missed it last year, but he said that um, it took about eight weeks for Hopkins and Murray to get on the same page. That cannot be the case going into the season this year. Quote, it took the first half of the season to really get on the same page, end quotes. And then Kingsbury added, quote, I'm excited to see where it can go. And it being that partnership, that pairing, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, considering what Hopkins was able to do last season as far as being a second-team All-Pro and number three in receiving yards, he only had six touchdowns, but he put up some incredible numbers. And to think what might be possible with a full offseason and a full season of the quarterback wide receiver being on the same page. I'm not saying that these numbers are going to skyrocket, but it certainly would look a little bit more fluid and maybe a little bit more efficient week in and week out. I would agree with that. And and the fact that you got A.J. Green and you got to think Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella are, are motivated, knowing that you know Andy may not be on the roster very long. Christian Kirk goes into the final year of his contract. So, and then Rondell Moore. I mean, I got to think he's going to be the third or fourth receiver. Um, you know, got, got a chance to see him returning some uh, punts off the jugs machine during the open portion of practice. So, it was, what was interesting when they were just going through kind of a walkthrough, it was Kennard and Marcus Golden on the outside. And I'm thinking, where's Chandler? <laughs> now again, it's it's voluntary, but I'm just saying it. All of a sudden, you could see the depth there because last year Hassan Reddick had 12 and a half sacks. And Dennis Gardeck had seven and a half. So that's, you know, and it was, as you pointed out recently, it's, it was done by committee. Um, so we'll see. But I, I just like the fact that, you know, this is where the team really comes together. And, you know, covering football as long as we have, you always hear it, well, you, you can get better today, and you think it's a cliche. But 
I'm telling you, there's certain guys that practice the way they play on game day, and that was one thing I learned with Buda Baker and Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson. There's a lot of guys I don't want to miss because you know, when you're playing the trenches, it's a little bit different. But the way you practice is what's going to carry over because the game should be a little bit easier when you're not thinking. Speaking of games, single-game tickets are available. azcardinals.com slash gameticks, azcardinals.com slash gametix. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And yes, back in studio here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. Yes, it is good to be back and good to see players back on the field as well. Speaking of that defense and... I don't know if there was one player that had more fun out there earlier than J.J. Watt after a decade with the Houston Texans now wearing a different uniform and that number 99 still looks very good on his back, but he looked out there like a kid. As he described it, it was kind of like the first day of school for him, but he was very vocal. He was very energetic and very playful. He was running routes against Byron Murphy at times, but just very engaging with his new teammates. And this this is what this part of the offseason, these OTAs are about. The relationships, the chemistry, getting on the same page, maybe not at full speed, but getting to know the guy next to you that you can trust when things get really bad or when things get really sticky in the regular season. Well, he said he's been following Zach Allen around, and we'll tell you a story that he, he said he pulled up to the parking lot, and you know, obviously the parking lot's full with 90 players plus the staff. So he parked on the other side, and there was a soccer field. And he said, he, you know, Zach's been showing him where all the meetings are. So he did say it's it's a, kind of like the first day of school. But I, I think he's embraced the Valley, clearly what he does on and off the field. Um, the fact that, you know, he's he's not a, not only just you know, a four-major sport guy, he loves soccer. Obviously, his wife plays soccer. And then you look at him supporting the Mercury, got a chance to meet Diana Taurasi. So I, I think – and the more you hear from him, I'm telling you – just like I think about A.J. Green, I don't know about Rodney Hudson because he you know, had a good situation, but I just think these guys are hitting the reset button to this latter part of their careers. Whether it's two, three, or four years, that remains to be seen. These guys, these veterans, if you will, they're in their early 30s, but the fresh starts, a new lease on life. We hear those phrases, those cliches, but I do think, to your point, there is something to be said about that. Because J.J. Watt, one, did not have to be here. He knows this defense. He's familiar with Vance, with what Vance Joseph wants to do, yet he was here. He felt it was important enough for him to be here to meet and get to know his new teammates and familiarize himself with these new surroundings because he could just show up at training camp and no one would bat an eye. No one would care because he's J.J. Watt. But he really wants to be a part not only of this team but this community at the Suns game. He wore, as you mentioned, a Phoenix Mercury t-shirt when he addressed the media earlier today. As he said, he likes to dive all in when he gets into the community, and he did that with the Houston Texans in Houston for 10 years, and that's still going to continue. But now he wants to do it here with Arizona and the Arizona Cardinals. He just he looked like a big kid out there. And, yes, he is ginormous. You cannot not see number 99. But he was having a lot of fun. They weren't out there very long, MJ, but it did seem like he was enjoying day one, if you will, what he hopes is the second stage of his career. Yeah, and he he he, he elaborated a little bit on, you know, 
when you see a guy that maybe is having a rough day, uh, do you put your arm around him and say, I'm going to try to you know make it better? Or he's got to be careful because he doesn't want to talk down to other players. So I think his approach going in, because you are a new guy, but he's got skins on the wall. When you walk in the locker room, you know he's been an all-pro player. He's been an MVP. So he gets he, he gets instant credibility from his, his teammates and, of course, players in the locker room. So, But I, I just – He's going to make a difference this year. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm looking forward to all three of those layers. You know, I feel about the first layer and the second layer and the third layer, and you know, we'll see what shakes out at, at safety. But besides Buda Baker, I got to think if Jalen Thompson's healthy, he's probably going to get the nod just because he's been the starter. But also Deontay Thompson, they went out and you know signed Williams from the Cincinnati. They drafted a corner. Um, Wiggins. So I'm I'm curious to see, but I like all three layers. But he's going to bring a lot of passion. Uh, to not only the field, but also this community in the locker room, too. And it was interesting to hear Chase Edmonds speak about J.J. Watt. Completely different side of the field. Offense, defense, sometimes they're not a lot of interaction. But to hear Edmonds talk about J.J. Watt, he could very very easily walk into that locker room and basically ignore everyone because he's J.J. Watt. He's the superstar. Yet Edmonds said Watt is, quote, just like one of the guys. He's no different than anyone else, and you get that feeling from J.J. Watt. We've had a chance to hear from him twice now, his introductory press conference, and earlier on Wednesday and 1, he is very engaging with us. He spoke for better than 15 minutes, but to your point about that leadership, everyone is needed to be led differently. You can't lead the same way with everyone, and that is what Watt was talking about as far as another reason why he wanted to be here to figure out what he can do with certain guys or what he needs to do with certain guys when things get rough during the course of the regular season. You mentioned about putting your arm around a guy's shoulder. You know, Are you a, a, a tough leader or do you relax a little bit and give a guy some space? He's and, having a bad day. Exactly. Or and a you, bad practice. And you know that, hey, you know what, I'm going to give him 24 hours, 48 hours, and then regroup and then figure out, hey, let's get on the same page or what's going on, how can I help you? And I think that more than anything, those hours that are spent away from view site as far as on the field, what goes on in that locker room, yes, it helps come the regular season. You, you can't measure leadership, and I think Steve Kime, when he uh, when they, they signed J.J. Watt and he had their inductory press conference, I mean, they wanted to get more physical, physicality, and leadership. You know, obviously we'll wait and see what happens with Larry and Patrick was a captain, but, you know, some guys, you know, beat to uh, different drums. And I'm not saying they weren't good captains because they were part of the core um, over the last 10 and 15 years for Larry. Um, but here, you're going to see the passion and the energy and, and how he's going to be able to help other players. The fact that he won't get double teamed 36% of the time like he did last year, I mean, sky's the limit for him. And, you know, B Train said that, you know, wouldn't surprise him if both Chandler Jones and, and JJ Watt get double digits in sacks. Um, if I recall, Marcus Golden had 12.5 the one year and Chandler had 10 or 10.5. So, you know, you want to see guys at double digits, but, you know, Again, I'm not so much fixated on sacks, hurries, pressures, knockdown, tackle for losses. Get the quarterback off his spot to get some turnovers. And I think it's important to mention and remember, Bird Gang, as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, it's a new team for Watt, but it's not a new defense. As he said, he's not starting 
from page zero. He's very familiar with what Coach Vance Joseph wants to do. It's a defense that he played in his first three seasons with the Texans when Joseph was the defensive backs coach under then-defensive coordinator Wade Phillips. So as Watt described it, it's like riding a bike. You get back the terminology, you get on the field, you hear the play calls, and all of a sudden it comes rushing back to you, and you never forget how to learn how to ride a bike. You never forget how to play within this defense. And I think as far as starting from scratch, yes, it's a fresh start with a new team, a new conference, a new state, but it's not a fresh start within this defense. And that is where I think the Cardinals will see a great benefit early on. I'm talking week one against the Titans as far as J.J. Watt on the field. And another guy that we probably we talked about when they signed him, and clearly it's an upgrade over Mason Cole and what they had at center, but Rodney Hudson is going to bring a lot of leadership here. And we got a chance to talk to B-Train on the Red Sea Report, and he just talked about making the calls, taking the, all the pressure off of Kyler Murray, being able to step up in the pocket. So when you look at one uh, the offensive line and D.J. Humphreys is the captain, we know Pew steady Eddie. Um, Hudson, we'll see if he's a captain, but the physicality and the leadership, he's going to help Murray. We'll see what happens at right guard. Calvin Beecham was here today. He didn't have to be here. He's a veteran. He's got a lot going on with the player coalition off the field. He's raising you know, his family in the Valley. He was out there. He started all 16 games. So I think physicality and um, leadership was one of the things, and Steve's mentioned it multiple times in this offseason. DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, whether it's Brian Winters or Justin Murray or Josh Jones at right guard and Kelvin Beecham at right tackle, all five of those guys or four of those five projected starters, one, they're all veterans. They don't need to be here, yet they were all here working with Sean Kugler, and I do think it speaks volumes for those guys that are here, maybe not individually, but collectively as a group. Because if you look at the offensive line, individually they might not be the best at their respective positions outside of maybe Hudson, who was number one according to Pro Football Focus. But as a unit, how do they operate together as a unit, not within the offense, but just those five guys working in tandem and then how did that play out as far as the rest of the offense is concerned? Because Kyler Murray can't be Kyler Murray without those five guys up front. Yeah, and I didn't know what, you know, Hudson, I mean, J.J. said that he's been doing virtual, but it's not the same where you got to find out where your meeting room is and, you know, where you're going to park your car. But, you know, I didn't know if Hudson was going to be here. He was out there, number 61, and I have a video of it. I posted it on, uh, on Twitter, so I was like, okay, and, and all the veteran guys were here. And then you look at Josh Jones, look like he got a little bit bigger, maybe stronger. Um, winners, I didn't really get a chance to zero in on him. Justin Murray looks the part. You know, again, you can never have enough linemen, and they're looking for the top eight, and then we'll see how the other two spots shake out. Likely a practice squad guy could be the seventh round pick, uh, Mike Manette. And those offensive linemen, I think, are going to be key. We always talk about Kyler Murray and entering year three and how big it is for him, but. Yes, you need those five guys, maybe even six or seven, to get through a season. Max Garcia, I saw him out there on the field. I know he was kind of itching to get on the offensive side last year, played a lot on special teams, but someone that the Cardinals signed a couple of years back because of the familiarity with Sean Kugler. So I do think that this offensive line right now, and I'll say it, on paper, looks very, very good going into training camp. Yeah, it, it, you know, we'll see if Josh Jones starts. If he, if they want competition at right guard, but they're not relying on young players. That's the difference. You know, he threw Mason Cole in there, and you know, obviously, you know, he 
he tried to play hard. Obviously, he was just overpowered with uh, physicality and going against the, the NFC West. You're going to face not only Aaron Donald, a lot of good defensive tackles, including the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Rams. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I, I just think it's you know where uh, I don't know if the identity of this offense is going to be the offensive line, but it is, if it is, sign me up right now because I know that they want to score points. I know they want to run the football, but it all starts with the protection and getting up. And getting to the second layer where these running backs can take a five-yard run and get to a nine or ten-yard run. So if that's the identity of the offense, I know they want to score points, but I'll, I'll hang my hat on that because I think that's where the game is going to be won, and that's how you protect Kyler Murray. Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Ridge, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Hopefully we see more of this offseason in the next episode of Flight Plan. You can catch the first two episodes, Power Surge and First Class, on YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. Hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of the Emmy Award-winning Cardinals flight plan. Speaking of Emmy Award-winning, Kyler Murray, two years in this league, an all-rookie player and then a Pro Bowl player in year two. And it was interesting to hear him speaking of the offense and Head coach Cliff Kingsbury asked about Kyler Murray. And there's going to be a lot of questions asked about Kyler just because he is the quarterback and everyone is intrigued by him. But apologies to Bertram Berry. As Kyler Murray goes, go the Arizona Cardinals. That's just the way it is in this day and age. If you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And Kingsbury was asked about year three for Murray and taking that next step. And he mentioned that Murray is, quote, very confident right now. He's mastered our system. You can see leadership qualities continue to emerge. End quote. Year three is going to be big. You know, I was reading some stats. You know, usually in the offseason, I'll, I'll, you know, store some stats as we get closer to the season. So here's the complete list of players with 45 touchdown passes and 15 rushing touchdowns through his first two seasons. One guy, <laughs> Kyler Murray. That's the list. And I want to see that, you know, what was it, 27 touchdowns last year? Passing touchdowns? Passing touchdowns, I want to say, give or take. And then 11 rushing touchdowns, so he had he was a, had a hand in at least four, 38 to 40 touchdowns? 26 t- passing okay. touchdowns, and you're correct on the 11 rushing touchdowns. Okay, so, but that's, and, you know, it was touched on today, you know, do they need Murray to run? And Chase brought up a really good point, I thought. He said if he wants, you know, obviously the last couple of years he's, you know, had the shoulder injury and he had the hamstring and growing injury. Um, and he works hard enough to withstand an NFL season. He knows what it's like now. But Chase said, you know, um, yeah, when, when Kyler's – when this offense is clicking, Kyler's running and that's the beauty of the RPOs and his own read and the dual threat. But maybe we don't see Kyler Murray – you know, last year he was on pace for 4,000 yards and he was on pace for um, 1,000 rushing yards. I'd rather have Chase and Connor get 1,500 yards or 1,250 to 1,500 yards as a tandem, a one-two punch. And what we're hearing a lot from players, and we hope it continues, Gang, is the fact that it's team success versus individual success. We all get caught up in numbers and players do as well. And we know certain players are going to get their numbers. Kyler Murray is going to get his. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his. Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, those guys are going to get theirs. 
but the bigger number is how many points do you have compared to your opponent on Sunday, and at the end of the day, do you walk off that field with a W as opposed to a loss? This Cardinals team can't have eight wins, nine wins. It might take, and it probably will take, double-digit wins, maybe even upwards of 11 or 12, to be a playoff team. And I think that's what the expectation is for a lot of fans, I'll include myself, that year three under head coach Cliff Kingsbury has to be the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we got to let it play out. If you, I mean, knock on wood, you don't lose your starting quarterback because then all, all bets are off. Nothing against Colt McCoy or whoever they're going to have there. I mean, Colt McCoy likely would be the backup. And I like the move in the offseason, getting a veteran guy. But Injuries are part of it. I mean, you know, Chandler got off to a slow start. He missed 11 games last year. We talked about Jordan Phillips. So the one thing I do like is I think they they are too deep at every single position. Now, again, who's the third and fourth receiver? We can make a case for Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk. Who's the third and fourth corner? We could say Robert Alford, possibly Marco Wilson or Tay Gowan. Who's the, you know, the backup safeties? Is it Deontay Thompson? Is it Williams? Is it Wiggins? So I think they're too deep at a lot of positions. Now the question becomes, we always know, like last year, it was um, the outside linebacker position got because Dennis Gardeck got hurt, Chandler Jones went down. So you got to make sure you're, you're covered there. But again, you know, certain areas are going to have a little bit more depth and other areas you got to try to shore it up based on injuries. And there's always a surprise yeah. or two or even three or four guys that will, you know, do the work and be consistent and know where they're supposed to be. Maybe they're not the most talented, but in a pinch, when someone goes down, last year it was Dennis Gardeck got the opportunity and excelled at it. It happens every single year, and you hope that you don't need it. But to your point about depth, you need to have a plan B, C, and D, especially the further along you go in the regular season. And I think that's what Steve's trying to do because, you know, we've heard it over and over, don't mean to be redundant, but your needs and, you know, after the season between like March, April, and May, they're a lot different when we get to October, November. And, you know, so, um, but I still think they want to add to the roster and, you know, nothing against some of these draft picks and Marco Wilson, which I think if he's he's on the roster, he'll play on special teams, take Gowan, we'll see. Um, but I still think you got to bring some veteran guys in there just to kind of shore things up. The regular season will be here before we know it. In fact, we're inside of a hundred days. And no, we're 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 a hundred days inside of a hundred days from the start of the regular season. Patriots and Cowboys, but the Arizona Cardinals just above 100 days before the starts of the regular season. And if you're interested, Bird Gang single game tickets, azcardinals.com slash game ticks, azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. And yes, just a few short months away. That's why I think it was important to see upwards of 85 plus players. And it might have even been closer to about 86, 87 players of the 91 on the roster that were out on the field here today at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. Well, I mean, you know how I feel. I, I want to enjoy some of my offseason, you know, get out of the heat and go visit my family. But um, so it looks like the NFL, they could now, usually if you're playing in a Hall of Fame game, you probably get there a little bit earlier. But it looks like the NFL wants to open up on the 27th of July across the league. Now, I don't know, it's like midnight madness where, but they want to open up. So we're what, 50 some odd days? To me, that's first, and then everything else will, will take care of itself. You know, three preseason games. We'll, we haven't heard about any joint practices. They do have a couple. Uh, you know, they got to travel, but 
Um, once we get to that point, then I'll be looking forward to the regular season because right now it's the process, and they have to respect the process moving forward. Where you got to put the work in. You love this game? We'll go out there and work hard every single day because the guy behind you is trying to take your job. We have seen the NFL make a complete day out of the release of the schedule, and I think that's what their hope is, and we'll see how it materializes. But the opening of training camp for all 32 teams Everyone, you open up the gates, if you will, and everyone comes pouring through and gets a running start at the exact same time. So it's going to be interesting because there is a lot of buzz about that come the end of July. So it will be fascinating. It will be exciting. And, of course, you know everyone looks forward to the starts of the National Football League season. Yeah, I mean, J.J. Watt just said he's focused on game one against the Titans. Obviously, it's going to be a bloodbath there, physicality on both sides of the ball. And I, and I need to recant a little bit here because he was asked about when the schedule came out and he said, you look at your, you know, when your bye week is, how many back-to-back road games do you have, who you open up with. And then they asked him, did you circle the uh, the, the schedule on the calendar about the Houston Texans? And he, he spoke very um, nicely about the organization. You know, he went in there and they did him a favor by releasing him, allowing him to go out and test the water. So um, no revenge for J.J. Watt. And that's probably the – I'm not surprised – I don't know how Hop feels because, Bill, as you always point out, and you're right, Bill O'Brien's no longer there. They moved on from him, but um, but he no revenge game for him. It's more about going out there and trying to get a win. Yeah, he wanted no parts of that storyline, which you know is going to be a storyline. People are going to ask, and that's what they're going to bill it as, and the revenge factor. But, yeah, that was not a word that he wanted to discuss at all. It doesn't seem like it's in his vocabulary. Now, what he did want to discuss, and I think there were a lot of people that still want to discuss it, we will hear on Cardinals Cover 2. How about we give a shout-out to the Phoenix Suns and what they're doing right now against the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And perhaps maybe the biggest takeaway (laughs) of the day had nothing to do with who was here, who wasn't here. How about Kingsbury admitting to the public that, Quote, I have a man crush on Chris Paul, end quote. Kingsbury at the game last night, J.J. Watt at the game, Kyler Murray at the game, but Kingsbury, and not a surprise. I mean, let's, you, you, you look at the position that Kingsbury played, quarterback. Well, what is the quarterback equivalent in the NBA or on the basketball court? It's the point guard. The ball is in their hand 99% of the time. So it would not be a surprise. You just sometimes Kingsbury will open the door a little bit for you. Other times he keeps that door closed and doesn't let anyone in as far as what's on his mind or getting to know him as a person. But that was interesting. It was, I wouldn't say breaking news, but about as close as news that you could have on day one of OTAs. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Obviously, we want to talk about a ton of other things, but you're exactly right. And was interesting, you know, Kingsbury recently did a podcast with Peter Schrager and Sean McVay. Schrager's the host. McVay, it's like a coaching podcast. And he, he just talked about, you know, Sean said, you took a lot of heat when you talked about cell phone breaks. Uh, we haven't had that conversation about the fruit plates and all that. He said, you took a lot of heat for us, but we think the same way. And he said, my time at Texas Tech, I, it wasn't like they. I'm going to let them out for five minutes. It's just take a break. You want to look at your phone? Go do something else. But Sean McVay was really complimentary. He said, you took a lot of heat for us. And I'm telling you, I've talked to coaches around the league, and they couldn't agree more with you because of the attention span. He knew in college when he's recruiting six or 17- and 18-year-old kids, and we know that you know phones are more prevalent than they've ever been. You know, 
So, but Sean was really complimentary of saying, "Hey, maybe that." I mean, no, nobody's talking about that now. No, and it's. I think it got he a little said, bit. He, he said, "I know I was going to take heat for it." Well, and I think people kind of took it out of context. Like, like the like the meeting was going to be <laughs> stopped, you know, fifteen minutes in because everyone needed to check their phone. No, I think it was more of an analogy to say our meetings aren't going to go more than ten fifteen minutes because of the attention spans, right. and that's something brand new. That's this next generation, this new generation of not player, but just people, kids, as far as where their eyes and where their minds go. No one is sitting there and listening to anything for an hour, hour and a half because you get tired, you get bored, you want your mind engaged. And that's why the more things you can have stimulated at different parts, you want to keep things interesting. And that was the point of the cell phone breaks. Look, our meetings aren't going to be very long. So while I've got you in here, all eyes on me, make sure I get your undivided attention and then if i am satisfied then you can have your break but while i've got you you're mine and and mcface said that they did it with their players too and they have you know they had a veteran roster for the most part you know you always you're always they haven't had a lot of draft picks but they got veteran players there he said they did the same thing and nobody batted an eye but because kingsbury said it where you didn't have a winning record in college all of a sudden okay it's football but you're right the perception was Nobody wants to be in a meeting for two hours. I mean, you get you start, you know, you're looking at your phone, but I don't think they're bringing phones in there. I think you can go back to your locker because you don't want that happening. You don't want guys sitting in the back not paying attention. So, um, but it was interesting that that was the first time I've heard that um, where McVeigh was like, he was very complimentary. So you took a lot of heat for us. It's been the first time I think I've heard McVeigh publicly compliment Kingsbury. Usually, the, you know, the good-natured ribbing between the uh, two coaches within the division. Well, we've heard the stories. You know, they were out to dinner with uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and Cliff and a, and a friend, and McVeigh had his buddy change his phone to Roger Goodell. and Still one of the best pranks <laughs> I've ever heard. And, he, and, and he, he's, Sean said, I wish I would have dragged it on a little bit, more, uh, but you were getting really worried <laughs> because, you know, Goodell said – Goodell actually said, McVeigh, you're in trouble, and we're going to take draft picks, which is all facetious. It wasn't true. Um, but Cliff's, Cliff, he, he, on this podcast, he comes out firing like, McVeigh, you're the guy that took your shirt off on a reality show. So you're saying there's a different side to Kingsbury that sometimes yes. we don't always get to see. Yes, and I, I think he's comfortable talking to Schrager, uh, McVeigh, Jordan Schultz is another guy that obviously his father owns Starbucks. So, you know – he was actually mocking him for drinking rosé wine. <laughs> he goes, where was the vodka? <laughs> and he's, try, he's throwing the ball to his dog. He, he, he went at him. He goes, let's just get this out of the way because his people want to hear this. Well, and I think it will come probably back out on in front once those two teams are facing each other twice a year this season. Okay, another thing he brought up. We know Cliff, five wins, eight wins. He said he stands there at the podium, takes responsibility. He goes, that goes a long way in the locker room. Now, we don't like it sometimes where we know he's not uh, confrontational. He doesn't like drama. But Sean said, you know, that's the way how you, you gain a locker room, the respect in the locker You don't go out there and rip players. They know how, you, how they played. They can watch the film. Your position coaches are going to put a grade on you. So he said the fact that, you know, they haven't turned a corner yet, I give him a lot of credit for taking responsibility because – not so much what the fans or the media think. It's about the guys in the locker room, what they hear. Yeah, that is the one thing you can say about Kingsbury. A player's coach, he will go to bat for them and almost to a fault stand up 
for them and take the heat even when I think people realize and want to hear something different, and that would include us as well. But he's not going to be one of those coaches that calls out his players. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, let's wrap on this note, a date that we want the Bird Gang to write down, save the dates, if you will, Sunday, February 12th, 2023. It has been announced that is the date for Super Bowl 57 at State Farm Stadium. Yes, it sounds like it's a long ways away, but it's inside two years. You blink and it will be here. And yes, State Farm Stadium for the third time, fourth time here in the state of Arizona, the biggest game in the National Football League will be played in State Farm Stadium. All right, so you told me to, to to save the date and mark the date and all that. Let's just say hypothetically, you know, the Cardinals, the Buccaneers got a chance to play in their stadium in this previous year. You know, if this team continues to show upside over the next couple of years, I would love to see them playing in that game. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, every team would love that home field advantage if you are at least the Home field with respects to the locker room and the field itself. Whether you get the home field advantage with the fans, that's another story. But I do think there's something to be said, and we saw a year ago with Tampa Bay, even in the midst of a pandemic, you don't have to travel. You're, you know where everything is. There's no, there's no extra activities, and it's just you're basically at home. It's not, a, it's not a road game for you, and for every other year, it's always been a road game for both teams. That's exactly what Todd Bowles said. We just treated it like a regular week. I mean, they didn't have you know, they didn't have to stay at a hotel. They went back to their homes. Yeah, so it's it's you know, we're a long ways away, but uh, I'm glad that um, you know what, what is it, SoFi Stadium this year, and then Vegas. Correct. So next, uh, obviously Tampa had it last year, so it's going on the West Coast. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated to see where this team is going into that season. But again, it's going to take some time. But I, I like what the uh, the direction they're headed in. Well, let's first focus on 20. 20- 21 yeah, before we fast gonna, forward two seasons no i know but it, it, it's the the arizona's um host committee sent out the email correct and and then obviously uh, governor doug doug Ducey, and it's a, and i mean we, we talk about the game and and you know hopefully the festivities are great but it, it's what it brings to the economy i can't tell you how many um NFL writers' wives, when they would go to the Biltmore, they always want to stay there, but there's so much to do around there. So it brings a lot of money to the economy, let alone having to host teams for, you know, and maybe it's going to change where you're going on a Monday or Wednesday versus going on a Saturday because of last year. Again, the dates, Sunday, February 12th, 2023, Super Bowl 57 at State Farm Stadium. And let's hope, fingers crossed, that the Arizona Cardinals are playing in that game. You know what they say, Grillo, dreaming is free. Absolutely, and we'll dream here always on Cardinals <laughs> Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and on that note, we will put a lid on this edition. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Joe Mamahundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Grillo. Yes, we are back inside the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.